On this episode of Athletic Training Chat, we have Jeannie Brooks, and Jeannie's got a story of going from a collegiate AT down to working at the secondary school setting, and it was a unique transition and had lots of pluses uh, that really Jeannie took full advantage of, some that were a little surprising, i.e. she actually had more space uh, when she moved to the secondary school setting, which uh, from what I've gathered from a lot of social media and some secondary school athletic trainers is often not the case. So what we talked about is just a lot of the transition, uh, things that Jeannie picked up along the way that she was able to bring with her from her experience at the collegiate level to now working at the secondary level, and really what facilitated that transition and ultimately made it successful. So a lot of good information in here on that. So we hope you enjoy that part of the episode. We are excited to announce we are getting our first Throw a Lifeline kit out. We'll be sending that out hopefully here in the next couple of weeks once all the materials get in so we can do that. We want to thank Mueller for being a part of that and uh, giving the kit part of it while everyone who donated um, from listening and or supporting, i.e. thank you Peter Sand for doing that. Um, all those materials that go inside of it will be going as well, and that is what was funded from this side. So we thank you. We're hoping to get this up and going again. We have to go a little different route and some fundraising, but more details on that to come. But without further ado, please enjoy this episode. Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. We are on with Jeannie Brooks, and this is one, um, I don't know how excited she is, but I am because we've been trying to make this happen uh, for quite some time and um, had plenty of things come up on my end um, almost again today. But here we are, we're recording, so this is good. Uh, Jeannie actually reached out because she was really interested in one of the t-shirts and I persuaded her that the only way we give those out is if you want to tell us about yourself and what you do as an athletic trainer. So here we are, but really looking forward to it. I think the topic uh, that we're going to cover, which is kind of going from a collegiate AT to the secondary um, school athletic training setting is a really interesting one. I think even more so potentially in the times of kind of the jobs that are out there or, you know, and the lack of them getting filled, um, people may be looking for different transitions. So this could be really, you know, timely in terms of that. But before we get going, I'm going to turn it over to her to kind of fill in her background um, and how she got to where she is. And then we'll start talking about everything. Yeah. So this is my sixth year out of graduate school. So I started, I took the kind of different path, the newer path that everybody is starting to do. I did an undergrad in sports management, actually. It wasn't even kinesiology or anything. I played athletics. I played sports. And so I did a sports management. I was, I had the idea of maybe being like an athletic director or something administrative. I really liked that side of it. Then I went into like an entry-level master's program at the University of Central Oklahoma. And I spent two years there working with their athletics and different preceptors and everything. And so that's kind of when I decided I knew I wanted to be a college AT. I liked my time at the high schools, but 
just like the idea of working with adults and their athletics and things like that. And so when I graduated, I pursued a job. Um, I'm actually contracted by a, a local hospital. So I was working with a college, but I also had my clinical hospital duties. So very busy in that aspect, but I, I really liked my time in the college. So that's where I started. That's kind of how I got there was grad school. I was like, okay, I like this. I'm just going to keep going. Awesome. And then currently you are? Yes. So currently I work at local high school. It's actually a small high school class 4A. I don't know if that means anything to anyone else, but I think it varies from state to state. Yeah. So there, I have probably about 300 athletes, which is a lot for one person, but um, compared to the larger high schools we out here have out here where people have six, 700 plus sure. athletes. So, so um, just for maybe more context, even for me, just asking the questions, what sport or sports did you work with in your collegiate setting? Yes. So I was at an NAIA school and we actually just split sports schedule wise. So instead of the traditional, you have soccer and basketball and I have these words, it was kind of hard to do that. Um, So we just kind of, this is the week coming up and we just split every sport. So we had every sport, but football was the only sport that we didn't cover. And so out of college, I was with soccer, basketball, everybody. Gotcha. So that really sets you up then to kind of have more of a more experience, I would even say, for moving to the secondary setting. So what did you take from your time in that collegiate setting and what did you learn and how have you applied it? Yeah, so in the collegiate setting, you definitely get to do a lot more rehab and hands on. Um, You have athletes coming in at all times of the day based on their class schedule. So you get a lot more of that one on one time. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that really helped me further my skills, you know, get more confident with rehab and not balancing a million things at once. I was just working with one to two athletes, not having 10 people screaming at me at once, you know? <laughs> so um, just having that schedule, that very stru- structured schedule, like practice starts here, rehab time is here, treatment time is here. At the college level, you have coaches, you're working with them. We have a really structured environment, I feel like. Has that been a struggle or at all for you in terms of shifting from that setting where you were able to spend that time to the secondary school? Because I work with my a colleague of mine now spent time in the secondary school setting at a pretty large institution and came and worked with me at a local university where he would help out with football with me, but then would go and cover just a basketball team So it was a huge, you know, a lot less patience. Um, But I've always thought that it would be my struggle going to a secondary setting of not being able to do all those things and feeling like I wasn't doing all of the things that I, A, wanted to, but B, was providing the best level of care. How have you managed that? Um, I think you just just wake up every day and do your best, do what you can in your five hours that you're there. It's kind of gun blazing from I go in about 1.30, I sit and do paperwork and they get into seventh hour at 2.30. And so from 2.30 until I leave, it's just packed into place. So you just do what you can 
Um, everybody's kind of all over the place, but I, I try to work a lot with my local physical therapist and stuff and sending kids to PT rather than trying to do a lot of it in the training room and sure. delegating those things versus trying to just take it on myself. And I have a lot of student aides that are very interested in athletic training. So I try to give them a chance to learn some different taping other than ankles and things like that to try to take some things off of my plate. Have you noticed because I've thought about this too, I, like has helped in almost, I, I hesitate to use the word coaching, but you're kind of almost like coaching skills of like, while you can't necessarily be there, you know, doing the ankle rehab necessarily, but you might have to have the athlete doing it on their own or having one of their teammates helping or like you referenced a student aid. Has that evolved for you? Yeah. So uh, like I said, learning to delegate, I feel like all athletic trainers, we like to take it all on and we like to do everything ourselves. And sure. I want to see you doing those heel walks correctly. You know, um, I had to let some of that go, like I said, and delegate that, but it's been a good experience for me because I feel like I, it helps the athlete when you can teach them almost how to do it. And they, they do feel a little bit more responsible, like their kids in the high school setting. And so you're kind of teaching them how to be responsible for themselves. You know, I let them know, like, you need to do each rep correctly and all of those things to help yourself get better. Right. So it kind of teaches them some responsibility. And like I said, my students are so ready to be in college and learning. And so they love helping with with things like that so it just it gave me a new passion of teaching that I didn't know that I had gotcha. and so it's been really nice to mentor kind of that mentor aspect of things that's awesome yeah any skills or ideas that you took from your time in the collegiate level down to the secondary school level I don't, I don't mean down in a bad way but to that level yeah um, you know, just potentially, you know, less resources and different things, but in moving to that level. Yeah. So I, it was kind of a good situation because I actually got an upgrade in training room and facilities and things like that. There you because, go. Yeah. Smaller high schools in Oklahoma, they take pride and I have a great big athletic training room and lots of rehab equipment. So that's been a good, yeah, a little bit of an upgrade, but I did take a lot of the like policies and procedures um, like I said, at a college, collegiate level, you're, you have a lot of policies and procedures and protocols that you have to abide by, you know, people above you are making those decisions and at a high school, it's a little bit more lax. So just in the summertime, like with football, it was hot and I was, you know, making ice bags and had cooling fans and Gatorade and all of these things to help the kids not be dehydrated and all of these fancy things and they were like this is amazing you've never gotten care like this sure. <laughs> yeah they're like this is awesome I'm giving them popsicles after practice and stuff and I'm like but all of those things just make my job easier at the end of the day you know trying to keep them hydrated but just things like that um bringing it down as we said to the yeah, high school they're just the amazed yeah they're amazed at like how fast I can tape and just all of the things that I'm like this is what you have to look forward to if you go play you know at the next sure. level have you noticed that that had any impact, you know, e even in establishing relationships with the athletes, but even with the coaches that, you, you know, you had this perceived, you know, higher level experience, you know, with working with collegiate athletes and obviously not everybody from high school gets to play in college. So there is some difference there, but has that been an asset in a way? 
Yeah, uh, somewhat. A lot of our coaches, you know, they're they've played places D one and things like that in the past. Yeah. Like a lot of the, we have a coach that played at OU and played defense and things like that. So it's easy to level with them. You kind of just have that shared experience and. Sure. Um, you know, I don't mind practice going over 30 minutes because I'm used to being there until midnight, you know, like things like that. It's just kind of those shared experiences kind of help you just bond on a different level because everybody knows the grind of being in college athletics and stuff. And so it kind of helps that rapport a little bit, I feel like. So you may have, uh, you kind of maybe alluded to this already, but I know a lot of people moving from the collegiate to the secondary setting may not actually get an upgrade in facilities. That's fantastic that you did. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then even to kind of talking about the grind a little bit and how that's gone, but what was, what influenced you to switch the settings um, from collegiate to secondary? So I actually didn't have a choice. So, oh, well, that makes um, sense too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my, like I said, I work for a local hospital. And sure. so they had stopped their contract with the college that I was at, kind of opened it for bidding to different, the college had opened it for to different bidding for different places. And so and in my orthopedic group, as soon as that was happening and we had an athletic trainer actually move to go to nursing school. And so it was just a perfect opportunity to kind of fill that, that space. And so I wasn't excited about it at first. I wasn't okay. exactly like, that's not what I had set out to do, but now that I've been there for six months or so, I absolutely love it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change, change that experience. So what were the hesitations? You know, obviously you didn't, like you said, you didn't have a huge choice in how this yeah. go, but what were your, or, you know, even some of your reservations about, switching the setting I think in your head you have this idea that you know out of college you're working with elite athletes and they take care of themselves and they have a little bit more responsibility because they're adults and you have that idea in your head that's not always true all the time but sure. um I I take care of the middle schoolers I take care of the JV kids who just play because their parents want them to play and so in my head going into it I kind of thought you know I don't I signed up to work with top elite level athletes, you know, you want to go work professional because you think that's the highest ability, but it's, it's really not like that. Like the ability of the athletes doesn't have a whole lot to do with your job at the end of the day. Sure. How has it been, or have you figured anything interesting with, you know, working with adults, which is where I enjoyed, I spent the last good part of my career working division three, uh, which I, I really enjoyed having also worked division one because you did, you were good at athletics, but it was dealing with adults. So it's just a little bit different standard. I felt like you could hold them to versus yeah. high school kids where yes, they're minor. So that brings another layer of things in there. And, you know, just in terms of how that has worked, what have you learned? What likes, dislikes, words of advice for people? <laughs> Yeah, I think communication is key. I've had to learn how to communicate so effectively because I am communicating with minors and their parents. And I've had to learn when something happens, give the parents a phone call, whether it's, you know, minor, but if they're getting treated in the athletic training room, it's always nice to send the parents a phone call or an email okay. or something just so they know what's going on and they're 
you know, you have a kid that you're like, well, I think you did this and that, and like, you need to be referred. And the parents like, I don't know anything about this. Their kids don't communicate with them always. So that has been another layer that I've had to learn um, to add into things. So that's good on my behalf, just learning those communication skills and how to talk to people and just all different kinds of people and things like that. Gotcha. I haven't gotten too much lip back from some high schoolers or any anything like that. No. Yeah, no. they're pretty thankful so far. I feel like I'm so hands-on and working with them. They just, they respond really. I feel like kids, like, they think so highly of you. They think you're this cool adult that's been out doing all these amazing things. And you're sure. like, not really, but <laughs> I'm glad you guys think that of me. Yeah, it, it is amazing how, what catches their attention. Mm-hmm. I, I was giving a talk once to some high schoolers that might have been interested in athletic training and kind of went through my spiel and you know this is what we do here's a couple of places I work but then I've gotten to do a couple other things with that involves some travel and boom eyes lit up it was just like you did what to do yeah. what and yeah it is interesting what what caught their attention and I and I think that they automatically trust you and so like you kind of you build relationships I feel like at the college level you have to really kind of prove yourself a little bit kind of get people to come into the treatment room on their own and high schoolers they automatically trust you they're minors you're an adult they you kind of already have that relationship established which is good um I just wear I wear I'm a sneaker head and so I wear a pair of shoes to the training room and they all are think I'm the greatest person alive that's awesome yeah what's been the biggest hit so far um well dunks all the kids are into dunks nowadays so that's okay. always that's their number one shoe they like to see me and I'm like I'm just an adult with an income they think it's the greatest thing <laughs> <all time>. <laughs> funny <laughs> in the six months you've been doing this what do you think the biggest lesson you've learned or biggest takeaway that you've found so far definitely um learning to say no to things and just learning to take care of myself um I like I said I think when I was at the collegiate level I was just like none of us are getting sleep none of us are we're all on a grind you know it wasn't it wasn't abnormal to get off the bus at midnight and then be back to the gym at 6 a.m um I think yeah running myself down into the ground was normal because the athletes are doing it the coaches are doing it everybody's kind of in that same boat and so at the secondary school I think I've just learned to take care of myself better and say no to things and I don't have to be around a hundred percent of the time and that's been good for me as a person to kind of learn to take a break you know they don't practice on Saturdays because they're all going to the lake and doing things and so I've had to learn to take care of myself basically how has that process been for you because I feel like that's a really kind of a big thing that's been coming up in athletic training especially seeing some of these jobs and obviously with the pandemic you've got I've just heard from other people you know collegiate staffs working at 50 60 percent capacity because they just can't hire anyone and I gotta imagine again I and I say this every time I talk to a secondary school AT I don't know how you all do it 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 just it's I don't know that I would be able to but I applaud and you know respect everybody for doing just because you're balancing so much there's however many teams in one of you but how is how have you worked to become more comfortable I guess would be the best way to ask it with saying no 
and protecting your time? It's been a transition because you feel almost guilty for taking care of yourself. You, nice. know, you feel, you feel kind of like I have to be at every practice. I have to be at everything, but, um, trusting your coaches. I feel like, uh, I'm really hands-on with helping the coaches with like first aid and care and prevention and things like that. And so I can kind of trust them to take care of minor injuries and things like that when I'm not around because they are secondary school coaches. They have to handle a little bit more of that than a, a collegiate setting coach would. And so, um, but just learning to say it's, it's honestly been like pulling teeth. Like I didn't, I didn't really want it for myself saying no has been very hard, but it's once you start thinking like, Oh, I have some free time. I get to see my family on the weekends as you get into it. It's, it gets a little easier, but I still am there some late nights for no reason. Everyone's like, go home. I'm like, I'm trying. Okay. I will. Yeah. I I understand that one. How I used to be too. If somebody's out there grinding, you want to grind a little bit harder, you know, just be part of it. But once you kind of get over that, hesitancy or that guilt as you reference it can be a game changer i think it makes the makes life just a little bit more open and free which is always a good thing too yeah i like i said their athletics doesn't start until 2 30 so i used to when i first started i would go in at 11 a.m and i'm like okay i'll do paperwork and i'll hang around and i'll be around and now i'm like I'll be there at 225. <laughs> I'll be there when you guys are there. But honestly, taking care of myself helps me take care of them better. Just Absolutely. because, like I said, it is it is so rocking and rolling at 230 on the dot. Um, so it's a lot easier if I'm not run down or need a lunch break or something. And so I'm taking care of myself has helped me take care of them better. Uh, absolutely. Well said. Um, anything else around this transition that you've had that we haven't covered that you'd like to? Well, I don't know. I think I, I had a plan and then, then I kind of went all over the place. But there's so many, there's so many things that are the same and so many things that are different. Um, I would just like to tell somebody like not to be so set on when you come out of school, like, oh, I want to work in a professional setting. I want to work only yeah. in a college setting because just being open to the possibilities and the relationships that you can make and stuff in different communities. Um, I would just say, give everything a try because you'd be surprised. I agree. You can find purpose in so many different places that you do and apply that skill set. I had really no interest in a clinical setting ever. Um, but life presented things and that that was the best option and it's different, but there are ways to find purpose in doing it. And yeah, remaining open to that's a good thing. Oh, and that, if you're up for it, we can move into those athletic training chat questions. Okay, nice. So where do you see athletic training going in the next five to 10 years and Feel free to set the example. It can be specific or broad. It's whatever you'd like. I think a big focus right now, um, after you know, Katie transitioned to it having to be a master's program, I think that we'll see a lot of change in the compensation for athletic trainers. A lot of people are, you know, I'm running into more people who actually know what athletic trainers are and the value that we bring. And so I think that hopefully in the next five to 10 years, we can be compensated for that. 
time and energy effectively. And I hope that's the, that's the biggest, more people will want to become athletic trainers because they are being compensated fairly for their time and energy and things. Yeah, I think as much as if we're in a job shortage, which I'm not sure because it's kind of a flash in the pan. I don't know if we can call it that quite yet. Yeah. That's ultimately probably going to help because it's going to force the hand of people to pay more, which hopefully then trickles out to the people that are currently there. And it's not just the new hires um, that are getting that. But I, I hope that is what comes out of this as well and kind of revitalizes the profession in that from that sense yeah i hope we get to see less people moving out of athletic training there's a lot right. of people that you know they're in it five seven ten years and then they're going back to pa school or nursing school and so i hope that we can retain people a little bit longer agreed so you've been out for six years from grad school you said um so what yes. advice would you give yourself if you could go back to talk to yourself as a younger athletic trainer and if you could kind of set the example you may have already covered this a little bit but i'm gonna give the question to you again yeah um number one would be humble yourself um yes i have definitely you know coming out of school i thought i was really prepared and i have just seen the craziest things that are not written in any textbook and um it's Definitely humble yourself, be more open and willing to learning and um, connecting with other people, uh, not putting, I don't really do this a lot, but not putting yourself on an island, but asking for help, the athletic trainers around you, everybody is a really good tool, and so using those and um, just being more open to learning everything. I think that's good advice. Yeah. Um, what has been the most influential resource that you've come across in your career so far? I think that um, I've kind of talked about it, that I work for an orthopedic group and there's about um, eight or nine of us that work together. And so my coworkers are the most amazing people ever. So I really like the idea of working for an orthopedic group. I can call any of the doctors anytime. I can call any of the PAs anytime. And just having those other people has been a great resource for me. Um, I like having the hospital kind of to back me up versus just being hired by a school or things like that. So that's been the biggest resource is just my, my colleagues, the people, people around me. Fantastic. This is one of our newer questions. I think you're the third person to answer this one. So um, as an AT in your role, how do you take care of yourself? Oh, that's a good question. Um, really blocking out time, um, setting boundaries. Um, I think all of us can remember a time that we're trying to sit down and eat lunch and we get interrupted and things like that. And so a lot of times for myself, setting those boundaries has been really helpful saying like, Hey, come back in 10 minutes. Hey, come back in five minutes. And people have zero problem doing that for you. And so setting boundaries, I think is the biggest thing, um, you know, maybe saying like, I'm not going to cover something on a Sunday night because me and my family have standing dinner, you know, Sunday night. So just setting those boundaries, people are really understanding. I used to um, kind of feel guilty or tell myself like, we're not going to understand, but people definitely understand. So setting boundaries has been the biggest thing, helping take care of myself. Awesome. 
if you could change or eliminate one thing, it could be a modality, a common practice, a mindset, or whatever you choose in the field of athletic training, what would it be? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, probably the ice thing. Everybody okay. wants to ice injuries, and that's a big thing right now, a big topic that I read up on a lot and that people around me are we're really looking into movement versus immobilization and mm-hmm. inflammatory anti-inflammatory drugs and things like that so i uh, just learning about that but i would really like to stop the well they just told me to put ice on it and rest and i'm like ah we're not going to do that here right. <laughs> yep that is always that is a common one in a argument slash conversation i've had with a lot of people it kind of puts more work on yourself because you can't just slap ice on it. You know, you can't be like, oh, I'll just go put some ice right. on it. But it's better yeah. for everyone. <laughs> and that's what, yeah, so right there, that's what I always came back to is like, is that really the best we can do? Like with just a little bit more effort, we could probably help you get going instead exactly. of being passive. So. Yes, exactly. And then the last one is, what does being an athletic trainer mean to you? Um, it is definitely my way of giving a service to the world. Um, I love athletics and that's something that I'm interested in, but really helping people compete and be them, their best selves and what it can give to a life in general as a whole is, uh, being a part of that is really important to me and really fulfilling and just helping people, um, kind of become whole persons and learn lessons and things like that is really that service is what, what it's all about for me. Love it. Great answer. Um, anything else that you'd like to share? No, I think we covered it all. I think, I think, uh, I might need another t-shirt if I think about something else, but. Fair enough. We're always up for, we're always up for repeat episodes. So that's 2.0. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, then I guess in closing, if people want to reach out to you or connect, or if they had a question, what's the best way to get a hold of you? And we'll link all this up. Yeah. So I, you could put my Twitter handle at Jamie Brooks underscore. I believe it is. Um, I don't only just talk about athletic training on there. So maybe if you're (laughs) interested also in basketball and pop culture and things like that. So that would probably be the best way to reach out to me. Perfect. We will get that linked up. Um, really appreciate you taking the time. Glad we actually got to get this yeah. um, done since I've rescheduled on you on numerous uh, occasions, but uh, look forward to staying in touch and connecting in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much.